Thank you for joining us today for this life-changing message from River of Life. If you are ever in our area, we would love for you to join us. For more information, visit us at rol.com. That's rol.com. Or download our app in the App Store under ROL Crawfordville. Now, let's join youth pastor Brian Blackwell as he teaches from the Word of God. Good morning, River of Life. (laughs) Hey, the first thing I want to say to you this morning is Merry Christmas. Thank you so, thank you so much for that. I, um, it's, it's just an absolute honor to be here today and, and to speak with you. Um, for those of you that I haven't had the opportunity to meet just yet, uh, and, and get to know, my name is Brian Blackwell, but all of my friends, they call me Blackie. And I expect you to call me that as well. It's an old baseball nickname that I've had for about three decades now, and I don't see it going away anytime soon. So, Pastor Blackie, if you would. Almost exactly three years ago, I was walking a cut cornfield in Kentucky on some family property that we have. And I got a phone call that changed my life. Pastor Henry Jones was on the other end, and he began the call in a warm and and humorous way, and we had small talk for a moment. But if you know Pastor like I know Pastor, he quickly got down to business. And he asked me if I would be interested in being the new youth pastor at River of Life. And what happened after that went something like this. This was my response. I finally found the words to reply to his question, and I asked him if he was sure that he had dialed the right phone number. (laughs) But he assured me he had indeed dialed the right number and that the church board and the church staff were in unity concerning offering me this position. I'm here to tell you I was beyond flattered to even be considered for the role. As we hung up the phone, I promised to get back with Pastor after talking to my wife and my spiritual leaders. And I would give him a concrete answer. So I immediately walked across that cornfield to meet my friend, Mr. Casey Miller, who was with me traveling at that time and hunting. And and, and Casey could tell that I was excited. And he asked, hey, how'd that phone call pastor go? I said, well, you're not going to believe this, brother, but I've been asked to be the next youth pastor at River of Life. Instantly, Casey's face, it got super serious. And he didn't miss a beat responding in his distinct Wakulla County accent. (laughs) I'm going to impersonate you now, Case. He said, well, one thing's for sure. They must be pretty desperate to call you. (laughs) Thanks for the confidence, my brother. Hey, before I get into my message this morning, I want to share both some good news. My youth out there. And unfortunately, I have to share some bad news. (laughs) I'm going to start with the bad news and tell it to you straight. I don't have any reason to sugarcoat it to you. But our youth group right now, church, we're struggling with something that I need your prayers on. We are a youth group that by and large is addicted to vaping. We are. In the three years that I have had this job, I have collected a grand total of nine of these. 
They've been brought to me by my youth who have fallen under conviction. And they say, I don't want this in my life anymore, Pastor. Will you take it from me? Nine in three years. That's not a very good average. Would you agree with me that if I've gotten nine, I've probably missed a hundred and nine? Let me educate you on this just a little bit, okay? This is rampant in your high schoolers' lives. It is in your middle schoolers' lives. This is not legal for them to own or possess. But the tobacco companies are very, very wise. Gone are the days where we buy a pack of Marlboro Reds and sit outside and hotbox these. That's done. The teenagers don't like the smell, the grossness associated with the old school smoking. But this little guy happens to be flavored Desert Breeze. And I've got ones in my office that are called Tropical Smoothie. I've got ones in my office that are called Banana Pudding. You name it, I've got it. This is a problem. This is a drug. And I'm here to tell you that I have done a poor job as your youth pastor confining this problem into the youth zone. Long ago, I should have brought it to your attention and had you praying about it. It is a problem that needs to be addressed. My philosophy as River of Life's youth pastor is to speak and preach and minister and love directly at the point where the devil and the world, where it attacks my sheep, where it attacks my flock. I never want to be accused of flinching at the point of attack concerning our youth. And vaping is currently and has been a spiritual point of attack. You ask any of our youth, they will tell you without fail, we talk about this often, often. I want to pull up a quote real quick from Billy Graham. And it explains my outlook on vaping. Brother Graham says, the closer you get to Christ, the more sinful you're going to feel. Did you realize that? Everyone who has ever seen a true reflection of God is deeply convicted of his or her own sin. Peter said, Lord, depart from me, for I am a sinful man. The fact that you are aware of your sin and you feel guilty about it, it is a sign of spiritual life. And that's what I see of these nine youth that have brought me this vape. They have said, I'm drawing closer to God. It's a problem in my life. And you cannot try to draw close to him and him leave this sin in your life. It just doesn't work like that. I think it's a beautiful testimony that none of our youth have drawn close enough to Christ to feel convicted. The closer you get to Christ, the more sinful you're going to feel. Wow. I love what the Apostle Paul wrote concerning sin when he stated, where sin increased, grace abounded more. You see, I have heard from the leaders in our church that the best way to help grow our youth program and to really love them is when they slip or they fall. What we do is we try to love them to the next level. That's our goal. We want to applaud them every step of the way. You're learning Bible verses. Awesome. You're carrying your Bible around. That's great. We want to love them to the next level and not condemn them. Would you mind joining me just for a moment? As we pray about the vaping issue within our youth program, I really would appreciate it this morning. And if you feel led 
Most of my youth are sitting over here. If you want to point your hand toward them, I would really appreciate that as well. Father God, thank you so much for who you are. Thank you that you are a way maker. Thank you that nothing is too difficult for you. Lord, we're going to go ahead and we're going to give this particular sin a name and we're going to call it vaping. And we're going to ask that you would remove it from not only our youth, but from our county. Get it out of our schools because it is a gateway drug. Father, we're giving it a name and we're laying it right here at your altar. And that you would forgive me, Lord, for not bringing it to you sooner in this type of fashion. We love you, Lord. We lift you high. And we're going to go ahead and prepare our testimony for what you're going to do in this situation. In your name we pray, Lord. Amen. Amen. As with anything, I can't give you bad news and then not give you the good news. Here's the good news. <laughs> Two Wednesdays ago on December the 7th, our youth attended an event here in Wakulla County at the high school football field called Fields of Faith where three of our very own youth address an estimated crowd. They said 600. I've got a photo that looks more like 800 in attendance. If you were there, you know it was well attended. Three of our youth poured out their hearts in their testimonies that night. And it's not easy for me to get up and speak. I would assume this is a crowd today of 550, 600, including what we have in the Children's Worship Center. It's not easy for me to do it. I can imagine what it's like for one of our youth to get up and speak like that. I'm going to give you sort of the thesis of a couple of their testimonies. One of them dealt with anxiety and depression and feeling worthless. The other one dealt with uh, suicide. And in fact, this young man, as he gave his testimony, he told me something I'd never heard before. This gentleman actually had a gun to his head because he was so upset about what was happening with his mother's health. She's very ill. And he was blaming God and distance from God. And as he had the gun to his head, his phone rang. And it was a member of our youth calling and inviting him to do something. Now, I'm not making that up. That young man is in this dome this very day. And hear me when I tell you, you could have heard a pin drop at the football field as he was pouring his heart out to God. I don't say that. To say, hey, look at what a great job I'm doing with our youth program. I say that to say, look at what God is doing with members of our youth program. We also had River of Life youth that sang on the praise team and others that assumed important roles. Man, they made me proud that night. And I tell you what made me the most proud is they were not playing church. Often we get, we get accused, you know, of just getting dressed up and going through the motions. They were not playing church on that Wednesday at the football field. They were the church. And what a blessing it is to have a community that actually opens it up where we can get together and, and speak God's word as a community and not have to worry about the shame and the ridicule uh, that, that is associated with that. Last thing I'll say about that night at Fields of Faith is there was a altar call, if you call that. We got down on the 40-yard line, the youth pastors of the county that did an amazing job with the event. And people started to come forward for prayer. And there were tears that fell on that green astroturf that night. There were hearts that were mended. There were people that were broken. And man, when you're in front of your peers and your friends, it's hard to really fall apart. 
God moved on that stadium that night. And I'm pleased to tell you, within our youth group, we had two people that gave their lives to Christ that night, that very night. Thank you for allowing me the first couple of minutes to talk about our youth program. I really appreciate it. And, and I'm proud of where we're going. Um, the, the title for my, my message this morning is God's Gifts to River of Life and the World. I want to look at what God has blessed River of Life with and the gift that he has given the world. And, and it's funny because when I walk through here and I'm all dressed up, people are like, okay, you're either going to a funeral or you're preaching today. And then I had another guy said, well, are you speaking today? I said, yes, I am. He said, well, then you're going to be talking about money. I know. For those of you that don't know, I'm, I'm very involved um, in the finances uh, here at the church. Um, my wife and I uh, freely offer financial counseling, budgeting to anyone who walks in the door. And it's a gift that God has given us. Many of you in this church uh, today, we have helped uh, with knowledge uh, concerning finances and how to handle God's money, God's way. But it's something that's very serious to me. Because if I can look through your checkbook, I can tell you where your heart is. I can. And I basically see the checkbook of the church every week when I get the report, and I know where your heart is. I know where this congregation's heart is. And it's one of my favorite things about River of Life. Not that we have cash in the bank, but because your hearts are where they need to be concerning giving. Let's talk about some money. If we are to boast today, let us boast in the Lord. Let us boast in the Lord. In 2022, thus far, the giving that this church has done is $122,000. It's $122,000. Now, you can do the math on that, what comes in uh, that, that goes right back out, and, and it supports things like uh, missions and, and our poor fund. How about this? $82,000 that has come through this church has been poured out on the mission field thus far. 82 grand. That's a lot of money. These little poor boxes right here, I'm happy to report to you that these little jokers right here, they don't look like much, but they have gathered $19,000 in 2022. $19,000. I want to take a look at a, a passage right now. Luke 6.38 says, Give and it will be given to you. A good measure pressed down, shaken together, and running over will be poured into your lap. For with the measure you use it, it will be measured to you. Man, I've asked the following question before from the stage, but I, I, I want to ask it again. Are we a giving church because we have so much? Or do we have so much because we give? The answer is yes. To both. We are a giving church. Proverbs 19.17 says this, Whoever is kind to the poor lends to the Lord, and he will reward them for what they have done. Now, I want to show you an example of exactly what this looks like, because it's one thing when the bald pastor gets up and he starts talking about money. It's an entirely different thing when the bald pastor shows you photos. I'm going to show you a couple photos real quick. Janice, if you would. Near and dear to me is the country of Guatemala. 
Many of you, as I look around here, have been there with me on mission trips. We haven't been since COVID uh, took off, and, and there's been some really nasty gang issues going on in the particular area that we serve. But as, su- as sure as I'm standing before you today, I'm going back. And I'm going back soon, and I want you to come with me. We send Guatemala money, and this is a feeding program and a school as well. Now, the people I'm going to show you here in a second, one is named Ilse Collins. She and her husband have moved from the mountainous regions of Guatemala down into the inner cities of a town called Chimatanengo. And what they do is they have a faith-based school that is also a feeding program. Next slide, please. And what River of Life does when we send money... When I talk to John and I talk to Ilse, I say, one of the things we really want to do is, man, we we want to feed people. I've been there enough to know how poor the Guatemalan people are, especially in the inner city. It's one thing if you live in the farm and you grow your own groceries, right? It's another thing to struggle and to fight it out in the inner city. These baskets right here cost us $10 U.S. Now, if you know anything about currency exchange, one American dollar equals six quetzals or Q. Right? So we get a big bang for our buck in Guatemala on a six to one ratio. These buckets right here will feed a family for a period of 10 days. When we fund the Guatemalan family and their mission over there, we are feeding literally hundreds of people for weeks at a time. Now, that's not a big deal really to us. I mean, well, hey, man, we got new Publix in, right? Even in Sop Choppy where I live, baby, we got the IGA. What this food is, is a conduit. It is a way where we get in the door to share the gospel of Jesus Christ. And the Guatemalan people, if you don't know much about them, know this. They make great coffee and they are kind and they are welcoming. And if you show up with a bucket of food for a week for their family of six, seven, eight, however many, they're going to let you in the door and they're going to listen to you tell them about Jesus. Thank you, River of Life, for supporting this Mission in Guatemala. Mm. Next slide. I think we got one more. There's Ilse. Um, and you can see how proud she is. Uh, she and her husband, who is an American, uh, they're going to come over here sometime next year and speak to us in person. I want you to meet, uh, meet who they are. But thank you very much, Miss Janice. For those of you that are new at River of Life, I, I, I've got to tell you this, and, and many of you know this, but our church is 100% debt-free. We owe the world nothing. God has gifted our church with financial freedom. Remember, we're talking about gifts here, right? Gifts from God. Financial freedom is a gift. God's word says the borrower is the slave to the lender. That's what it says. River of life has no lenders. You see, we are not slaves. We are givers. And I thank God for this gift of financial freedom. The next gift I want to discuss that's specific to River of Life is our church leadership. Now, I've already pointed out that we roughly have 550, 600 people in attendance today. And please know we have considerably more than that that are on our books as members. And in a church this size, we have four full-time employees. And we have three part-time employees. And where I'm going with this analogy is that there is no way we could impact our community, let alone foreign missions, Afghanistan, Colombia, 
Mexico, to name a few, without the help of numerous and talented volunteers. And I tell you, I'm an English guy. I really like words. I can't find a great synonym for volunteers because what this church has is more than volunteers. Your servers is really what you are. Your washers of feet. And I'm going to tell you here in a moment how you do wash feet, particularly how you wash my feet and the use feet. We are a large church that runs primarily off of the hours that are logged by our faithful servers. Romans 12, 4 through 5. For just as each of us has one body with many members, and these members do not have the same function, so in Christ, though many, they form one body, and each member belongs to all others. I mean, that's some good news right there. That is good news. Especially if you're a newer pastor like me, and you're a little bit, you're a lot over your head. Like, I am way over my head, especially when I started this. I didn't go to school for this. It's not necessarily my skill set, but that's some good news, what I just read. And and, and let me make it personal to you, because one thing that I know, I would never get up here and speak, and I would never write something that I don't truly know about, right? My my favorite professor in college always said, man, if you're to be a writer, you want to be successful, you need to write what you know. Write what you know. So I'm going to tell you what I know about dealing with those of you who are out here who are servers, When I need something in the youth program, when I have a need, and I don't particularly think that it's in my skill set to handle it, I pick up the phone and I make one phone call. I don't make three phone calls. I don't make six phone calls. I don't send texts. I don't do any of that. I make one call. Pastor Henry, Pastor Chuck, Brother Bill will tell you, likely they do the same thing. It takes one call and I get it off my to-do list and I know it's going to be handled by a River of Life server. What a gift it is to have you, congregation, as I look you in the eyes out here, to have you as servers. We talked about donuts a minute ago. (laughs) When I decide or my youth decides that they need donuts... On Sunday morning in the youth zone, when it opens at 945 so we can fellowship before we come in here, I make one phone call. And the people that go and fetch these donuts for me, they don't get them at Publix or Walmart because they know that my youth, well, see, they really are, they're a little picky and they prefer Krispy Kreme. (laughs) Me too. (laughs) So what they do is they arrange their schedule so they can drive to Tallahassee to pick up these hot donuts and deliver them to the youth zone right at 945. They are never late. And my youth goes in there and they see 10 boxes stacked up and they think just a Krispy Kreme fairy came up with it. (laughs) That's not what happened. A server of this church decided to do something And take it off my plate so that Pastor Blackie can focus on giving the word to the youth and he's not driving to Tallahassee to get sugar. That's how you serve. Man, I've got a bunch of examples here. The youth zone is stocked with food and drinks every Wednesday. And all I have to do is sometimes I put them in the refrigerator. I don't want to embarrass the couple here that, that, that does it, Gwen and Irving. I 
I don't want to embarrass them. I don't even call Gwen anymore. She goes over there and often takes her own status report of where the food and the drinks are, and she goes and handles it. She goes to Sam's and brings it back in like a U-Haul or whatever she does and stocks me up. I don't have to worry about it because she's a server. It's a gift that God has given us that we have a congregation of people that wash feet. I don't want to go to Sam's. I want to be at FCA, Fellowship of Christian Athletes, Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday, being a pastor. That's where I want to be. I wanted a volleyball court built. I needed banana pudding. When they go out to my house for river days, I like to do low country boils. <laughs> One person. <laughs> when I need prayer for my youth, like we just did a moment ago. Camp, I got camp scholarships down here as a bullet point. And I'm telling you, literally, I could talk forever on camp scholarships. And here's the reason why. It costs $25,000 to take our kids to camp. And all we did is go up to Mariana. It's not like we went to Disney World. Of the $25,000, you know how many phone calls I had to make to raise funds for that? Not one. Not one. And here's why. <laughs> Man, I appreciate the applause today. Not one. And here's why. You guys are knocking me down after church right over here, handing me checks left and right. And, and here's the thing. I, I want you to understand this about our community. It's not just business leaders. It's not just those that are financially well-to-do. I'm getting knocked down by, by, by blue-collar, single mothers that are bringing me checks and saying, I don't care who this is for, I want you to use it for camp. But I had one man come to me, he gave me 900 bucks. And he said, you are not allowed to use this on anybody except someone that comes from a single-parent fa single family, because that's what I'm from. Not one phone call did I have to make in order to raise $25,000 to take our kids to school. That's a fact. The other thing that I want to talk about is, man, guest speakers. I'll pick up the phone when I'm out of town, and I will call former youth pastor Ryan Peck. He never gives me any pushback. He says, I'm ready to serve. I'm ready to get in there and make a difference because I'm a washer of feet. How nice it is for me to be able to do my job and not worry about these things because you guys got it. The gift the Lord has given our church, this dome of servers, it blows me away. And the last point I want to make on this, your work on this church campus, your work in this community, it just looks like Jesus to me. It does. It just looks like Jesus because you're humble. You don't care who gets the credit. It looks like Jesus to me. Man, two weeks ago, Pastor Henry, he quoted a poem. And unfortunately, I do not have the skill set to recite it like he does. <laughs> Nor do you. <laughs> and one of the lines within the poem, it read, Example is always clear. Example is always clear. Meaning that your actions are going to speak way more than you talking about it. I'll talk about it because it's in my heart and it's my job to tell you about it today. But example is always clear.
I cannot speak to you a week before Christmas and not mention the greatest gift that the world has ever known. I can't. And Peyton and Zach, if you guys would come up here. As our guys are coming up here, I want to take a look at Romans 6.23. It's a verse you guys know well. For the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus. That is some amazing news. For the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life in Jesus Christ, our Lord. So what I want to do here, a youth pastor friend of mine, we, we've been working on this particular uh, sermon and this demonstration. And one of the things that I have found about teaching the youth is that you have to make Scripture come alive to them. Okay? It can't just be mundane, you know, monotone, just reading. You have to make it come alive. Please don't just remember the ladder from today, okay? And I know what you're thinking. Is he going to climb those in dress shoes? And I'm going to try. But the point that I want to make here today about this gift, this gift of God's Son, His only Son, is this. You see, other religions around the world, and I'm not here to bag on other religions. I'm not going to run them down. We're not going to do any name-calling or any joking around. But I just want to show you the difference between other religions and Christianity. Okay? So in other religions, let's just say the top of the ladder represents God or their gods or maybe an idol or whatever it might be. And what they believe in large part, is that it is possible for me as a believer in that, I can do some good works. And I can draw myself closer to my God or my God's idols. I could even take a religious pilgrimage somewhere one time during my life, and I can get closer to my God. I might say prayers. I might give to the poor. I might be a better husband. And as I do that, I get closer and closer through my own works of getting closer to my God or my gods or my idols. Now, you know where I'm going with this. That's not the plan that God has for us. That's not his salvation plan. And it's certainly not his gift. Here's his gift. His gift is... I'm up here in the heavenlies, and what I'm going to do is send the greatest gift that the world has ever known. I'm going to send it down. I'm sending it down, and, and he's going to put on flesh, and he's going to come to uh, uh, mankind, and he's going to save them from their sins through the sacrifice of Christ on the cross. You see, he comes down to us. Nothing we can do is good enough through our own works to earn that gift. We all know that. A lot of heads out here bobbing. We can't earn that gift. There's no climbing up here. If I'm treating my wife better, or I'm praying more, or I'm giving more to the church or whatever, it does not matter. I'm not going to ascend closer to him. But that gift that came down this ladder, that came down from the heavenlies, it takes care of all of that. 
it takes care of all that. Thank you, Peyton. Thank you, Zach. I appreciate it. So I didn't know really what else to say about that. But what I did this morning in my quiet time, I finished reading a book called Billy Graham, Angels, God's Secret Agents. It took me a while to get through it. This thing has been passed around like a baby blanket amongst our staff. This is actually Pastor Henry's. It was given to him by a family member. And one of the last paragraphs makes the point about the latter way more vividly than I can do it. As a new young pastor, you could do a lot worse than leaning on Billy Graham. Right? This is the second time I've quoted him, and I want you to hear this man's words concerning the gift. He writes, In the Acts of the Apostles, the Philippian jailer asked the Apostle Paul, What must I do to be saved? Paul gave him a very simple answer. Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ, and thou shalt be saved. Brother Graham writes, this is so simple that millions stumble over it. The one and only way you can be converted is to believe on the Lord Jesus Christ, your own personal Lord and Savior. We talked about going up and doing your own works. Listen to what he says. You don't have to straighten your life out first. You don't have to try to give up some habit that is keeping you from God. You have tried all that and failed many times. You can come just as you are. The blind man came just as he was. The leper came just as he was. The thief on the cross came just as he was. You can come to Christ right now, wherever you are and just as you are, and all the angels of heaven will rejoice. Friend, if you are out here today and you are looking for a change, start with the cross. Start with the cross. You don't have to believe youth pastor Blackie, but I want you to believe God's word. And I certainly want you to believe what Billy Graham said. You can come just as you are. You don't have to earn a thing. It's already been paid for you. I'm going to ask uh, Mr. Kevin and Mr. CJ and my daughter Claire to help me as I start to close my sermon today. Wednesday night, the children performed the Christmas story on this stage. And I love watching those kids demonstrate the words of God for one reason and one reason only. It's the simplicity of it all. It's the simplicity of Jesus' birth. It's the simplicity and it's the rawness And the humility that's involved in the gift of God being born in a manger. Listen to the words of the song. I think think you're really going to be touched. Oh, come, all you unfaithful, come, weak and unstable, come, know you are not alone. Hmm. Oh, come, barren and waiting ones, weary of praying, come, see what your God has done. Christ is born, Christ is 
When you're not a very good pastor, it helps to have a very talented daughter. <laughs> I think you're going to enjoy this last point here. It's the last thing I want to say about Jesus and Him being the gift of all gifts. And I want to tell it to you from a father's perspective. After all, I am a father. I'm the father of one amazing 12-year-old little girl. She is my only child, and she means the world to me. I know how much I love her. I know how much I want to protect her and how valuable she is to me. In River of Life, I love you, and my family loves you. But hear me when I say this to you, church, and I mean this with all sincerity. I don't love you enough to sacrifice my only child as a gift for you. I don't love you enough to give my only child as an offering that pardons your every sin and grants you access to eternal life. I mean, I just don't. I like to think that I would, but the reality is only God loves you in that manner. There is one real God, and he really loved you enough to do that very thing, to give you his only precious son as a gift this season. And church family, that truly is the gift that keeps giving through eternity. Would you pray with me today? Father God, it's hard to even know where to start when we 
want to thank you for that gift of your son. Father, today we've talked about the gifts you've blessed us through financial freedom, through the leadership of our servers and our volunteers in this church, through the gift of your son that came down to us and is given in a way where we don't have to earn it. Father, we thank you for your words today about grace that came from Paul and about you can be saved right where you are from Brother Billy Graham. Thank you once again for the amazing gift of your son. And Father, I thank you for this church. I thank you for the body of this church. I thank you that we are in unity in what you're doing through us, Lord. In your precious and your mighty name we do pray today, Lord. Amen. Thank you again for listening to this message from River of Life. If this message has touched you today, or if you need someone to pray with, please contact us at 850-926-1200 or email us at info at rolcrawfordville.com. We also want to encourage you to visit us this Sunday morning at 10.30 a.m. in Crawfordville. Please visit us online at rolcrawfordville.com for more information and directions.